This Sunday is the third Sunday in Lent, and we're continuing our journey together in following uh, the Jesuit material, which leads us this week to explore John's Gospel and the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. So this is one of my my favourite stories, actually, about Jesus. Uh, I think I love the scandal. I love the shocking nature of the encounter. This is my reckless character coming out. Um, It's so countercultural and so daring, um, and I love that. So I want, uh, before we have the reading, just to briefly consider um, the the context and the, the cultural significance that makes this story so shocking. So Samaritans, as we know, were despised among the Jews, um, and they were considered unclean. Uh, this rift has its history, has its roots in history. So the Assyrians defeated Samaria and took many Samaritans into captivity. Those remaining in Samaria intermarried with non-Jewish people, compromising their Jewish identity. The Judeans managed to maintain their identity while in captivity. But when they were finally allowed to return to Judea, they rebuilt the temple. And although the Samaritans offered to help them, they were refused because of their mixed heritage. It was thought that they had defiled the pure and holy status of the Jews. So the Samaritans later, they built their own temple on Mount Gerizim, starting a long and continuing controversy regarding the proper place of worship. So the Samaritans had gone astray and had not stayed true to the laws. They adopted the gods of Samaria also, of which there were five, um, along with Yahweh, their own god. So in fact, they had assimilated their foreign country's way of life by blending their own beliefs with the people around them. Samaritans had a stigma, but so too did women. It was forbidden, strictly forbidden, for a Jewish man to be talking to any woman on his own out in public unless it was a family member, even a Jewish woman. So you've got a Samaritan, don't talk to them, dirty, unclean. You've got a woman, don't talk to her, lesser, inferior, basically, frankly, not worth it. So the first hearers of this story would have been profoundly shocked and disturbed by the course of these events. And it's very hard for us to understand exactly the impact that it would have had on those first century listeners. But I'd like us to try and imagine to get into the sandals of the the first century listeners as they first heard this. I want us to try and imagine how shocking that this all was. Not only was Jesus talking to a dirty Samaritan and a woman, it doesn't get much worse than that. Or does it? Cliffhanger. Our reading is an abridged version of John's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 5 to 42. Jesus came to the Samaritan town called Sychar. Jacob's well is there, and Jesus tired by the journey, sat straight down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. 
When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, What? You are a Jew, and do you ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink? Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If you only knew what God is offering, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have been the one to ask, and he would have given you living water. You have no bucket, sir, she answered, and the well is deep. How could you get this living water? Jesus replied, Whoever drinks this water will get thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I shall give will never be thirsty again. The water that I shall give will turn into a spring inside them, welling up to eternal life. Sir, said the woman, give me some of that water so that I may never get thirsty and never have to come here again to draw water. Go, call your husband, Jesus said to her. The woman answered, I have no husband. He said to her, You are right to say, I have no husband. For although you have had five, the one you have now is not your husband. You spoke the truth there. I see you are a prophet, sir, said the woman. I know that Messiah, that is Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he will tell us everything. I, who am speaking to you, said Jesus, I am he. At this point, the disciples returned and were surprised to find him speaking to a woman. The woman put down her water jar and hurried back to the town to tell the people, Come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. I wonder if this is the Christ. Many Samaritans of that town believed in Jesus on the strength of the woman's testimony, and they begged him to stay with them. When he spoke to them, many more came to believe, and they said to the woman, Now we no longer believe because of what you told us. We have heard him ourselves, and we know that he really is the saviour of the world. This is the word of the Lord. So over the past few months, I've had an interesting relationship with water. It all started last November, actually, when my chaplain's room at school developed a leak. I walked into my room one morning and there was a waterfall running down the inside of my room. So this went on for about a week and I had buckets and trays all over the floor. The smell was horrific um, and the result actually was a new flat roof the school had to pay for um, at a cost of about £15,000. Um, So that was my first foray into the water world. And then, as I'm sure most of you know, um, about a month ago, and thank you, actually, for all of your prayers and support. Both Guy and I have felt very held, so big thank you to you all. Um, As you know, we were flooded. So the Sunday after we were flooded, it was half term, and we were due to go down to Woolacombe to stay in uh, my mother-in-law's place down there. But that was... um, possibly not going to happen because they'd had a flood. <laughs> they'd had a leak, some, um, some rather uh, overzealous rodent activity actually was gnawing their washing machine and they'd, they'd, their kitchen had leaked. Uh, we did eventually go down there, but that was under, under question. So our house is now under repair and hopefully we'll be going back in in a month or two. 
So there have been many, many blessings within this series of rather unfortunate events, um, but that's for another time. So my experience with water has been a rather negative one to date, and it's led me to try and think, as is my training, what's the theological relevance to all this water that I am surrounded by and the intrusion and the upset that it's caused us. I'm still pondering, in case you're wondering. (laughs) So it's a little surprise, really, that when I read this passage, um, I was immediately drawn to the verses that spoke about water. Um, And they described, it's described as living water. So I'm thinking, maybe I need another perspective about the whole water thing. We are familiar uh, with the symbolic meaning of water, meaning new life, rebirth, a new beginning. Our baptism liturgy reminds us of this when we hear it. However, I think the term living water is interesting. And it's inviting us, I think, to consider a further interpretation and encouraging us to a deeper understanding. As is Jesus' way, uh, he uses the everyday, the common, the physical, uh, to tap into a spiritual narrative. So we can think of bread and wine, we think of sowing, reaping, yeast and salt um, as examples of that. So what is this living water if it's not the physical water from the well. Now, to begin with, the woman is confused. <laughs> a lot of Jesus' conversations start out this way, don't they? Uh, he, he starts off talking about something concrete, and we're with him the whole way, um, and then it develops, and he loses us, and he goes all deep and meaningful, and quite frankly, it's a bit confusing. But I find this strangely comforting that that she was so confused and and out of kilter about this. Um, Because I often find, um, in my life, I find it very hard uh, to understand what's going on uh, to begin with. (laughs) It can all feel a bit confusing. I mean, not only my personal experience with water, what we're all experiencing at the moment, too. And it's baffling. But maybe... I'm only looking on the surface. Maybe I'm only looking at the obvious, at the physical. So using the the water metaphor, I stand on the water's edge and I look across to the other side and I don't look in. The obvious, what's right in front of my nose, only leads me so far. I need to stop And I need to wait a while at the shoreline, looking into the water, before maybe I can see something deeper. Before it's revealed to me. And I have to wait for God to give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And this isn't ever on my timetable. It never happens quickly enough. Something has to shift. And the woman at the well experiences this 
when she realises that this Jew knew her. Suddenly the shame of her past and of her present were no longer hidden. She was seen and accepted for who she was and for what she was. This complete stranger had accepted her completely. He knew all about her and accepted her without judgment. And this deep acceptance changed her relationship with Jesus and it probably changed her relationship with herself. Her masks had been removed and she no longer needed to hide. And it was in this vulnerable state with a total stranger she was able to see who this man really was. All barriers had been removed, cultural, societal, gender, moral. He loved her as a beloved child of God and had given her the opportunity to see him for who he really was too. And I just think it's such a beautiful picture of intimacy and honesty. And it was life-changing. Not just for her, but for her whole community. And we have this opportunity on a daily basis. If we come to Jesus in our frailty, in our nakedness, in our weaknesses, with all our, our guilt and our shame... Jesus sees us as we are. He sees us as we are anyway. He reveals to us who he is and we can hear him call us the beloved. And when we accept this and live from this place, it's life-changing for us too. The woman was able to accept what he was telling her and to begin to understand what he was offering. The gift of revelation. The gift of the Holy Spirit who helps to interpret the wisdom on offer and the gift of salvation. This woman, who is an outcast in her society, who has the morals of an alley cat, who is shunned by all around her. This woman has been specially chosen by Jesus to receive the gift of living water, the Holy Spirit, which enables her to be seen, to be accepted, and it compels her to run back to her village where she is hated and to tell them, about her experience. Water uh, is a common metaphor uh, in Old Testament, in the Old Testament, uh, for the satisfaction of spiritual needs. Like in Psalm 23, he leads me beside still waters. Psalm 42, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you, God. And in Isaiah, With joy, you will draw out of the wells of salvation. 
And the phrase living water also comes from the Old Testament, for example, in Jeremiah 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. They have forsaken me, the spring of living waters. And they have dug cisterns, cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. In verse 13 and 14 of our reading today, Jesus speaks of this living water in language that reminds us of the Holy Spirit. He says, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1, verse 33. He gives the Spirit without measure. Chapter 3, verse 34. It is the gift, it is the Spirit who gives life. The Spirit will teach the disciples and us into all truth. It is this spirit given by Jesus that becomes a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. It's a spiritual life force dwelling within all of us, nourishing us and renewing us from within. So this is what the Samaritan woman received. She was seen, warts and all. She was chosen, despite her outward appearance of Sumerian heritage and her wayward behaviour. Her eyes were opened when she stood naked and vulnerable in front of Jesus. And she was given this gift, this revelation, this gift of living water. So, maybe there is more to water than its initial annoyance and unwanted intrusion. There is a depth and an opportunity to receive if our eyes are open and our ears are open too. If we put down our masks and come to Jesus with outstretched hands, and a humble heart. And in this season of Lent, as we reflect on our own lives, is there something maybe that, that we are holding on to that's stopping us from receiving this gift? Do we believe that we are the beloved? So as we sit... I'd like us just to pause and Sarah's going to play some music and I'd like us just to think and reflect. What does living water mean for you? What would you like Jesus to offer you in your tiredness, in your seeking, what are you thirsting?
So, Father, please would you pour out your loving and living water afresh on us today. Help us to trust in your compassion and your mercy as you hold us gently in our weakness. Renew us by your Holy Spirit, we pray, for your name's sake. Amen. Amen.